Scott with SJ, Wildfire.com. Hey, I'm pleased to announce Pastor Larry. We've talked a little bit about Pastor Larry and his Bible study. He's been studying Ephesians 6 for the last three to four years. Hello, my friends and brothers and sisters in Christ. This is Brother Larry again. I was talking about continuing on with spiritual warfare. The scriptures say, quote, The mind governed by the flesh is dead, is death. Now, we're talking about the mind. We have to have our mind be renewed. Paul makes this statement in uh, Romans chapter 12. We're all born with a worldview. We're born in sin, and so we look at the world through sin, through uh, fulfilling our own desires. That's Ephesians uh, 2, verses 1 through 3, or 1 through 4. So the mind governed by the flesh is death. What does that mean? Well, first of all, let us explain, let me explain what it doesn't mean first. It's not speaking of a physical death. It can lead to that, but that's primarily not what it's talking about. And if you'll notice from the context of this verse, I think it's Romans chapter 8 of this passage. Death in the original language, oh, it means, it's a Greek word, sanatos, just means separation. The Bible says, if we regard iniquity or sin in our heart, God will not hear us. What he's talking about is this separation between God and myself if I'm harboring sin. So that's the death that Paul's talking about here. So Paul's speaking about a separation because he's talking to believers, those who are in Christ. So Paul's speaking about a separation from fellowship with God. That if we are in a fleshly mind, we cannot hear God and he will not hear us. Therefore, we're cut off from this spiritual connection. Remember I said before, we must live in this spiritual realm because God is spirit. So we must be, and God wants us to be, spiritually minded. That's obvious from scripture. Now let's finish that verse which is found in Romans chapter 8, verse 6. It says, But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Living in fellowship with the God of the universe. Jesus Christ has promised us that, that we can know the will of God, that we can know the Father, that we can have this life that passes all understanding. We can have this fellowship with God. He wants to fellowship with you. He wants you to understand that there's a stipulation here that we must not harbor sin or live according to our own desires in our own flesh. We need him in a big way in order to know his will for our life. Because Paul states that in Romans 12. You want to know what the will of God is, you have to keep renewing your mind by the will of God. Not only that, we must be continuously putting off those things that so easily beset us. And that's 
the sin that's in our life. In fact, you'll never be perfect. Let's, let's just state that right now. We will never be perfect. I've been a Christian for 50 years and I haven't uh, obtained perfection yet. I'd be the first one to say that we'd never be perfect. But you know, as we journey through our Christian life, we should be sinning less and less. It's this progressive sanctification I'm talking about, where the Holy Spirit takes this Word of God, He applies it to our understanding, He applies it to our learning, in order to make us like Christ. Do we all understand what I'm saying here? And this is a blessed life. It's a life, it is life, that means living. It is life and it is peace. People are searching all over for peace today. Peace in the world, peace in their own heart, peace with themselves, peace with their neighbor. Well, you know, friends, the truth is, and there's, we're talking about truth again, the truth is in Jesus Christ. It's a reformation or the restoration or the renewal of our heart, our being, our mind, our soul as we submit to the Holy Spirit of God as he brings about the revelations of Jesus Christ to us. He teaches us the word of Christ. I mean, who doesn't want to have peace? I do. But we seem, because that old nature is so dominant in us at times, we tend to look away in a different direction for peace. So we must, as we're still talking about the mind, we must begin to think as Christ thinks. We must uh, know the mind of Christ. And that goes right back, like I said before, to the Word of God. A lot of times our speech, our words betray if we are spiritual, spiritually or fleshly minded. Also, our behavior also betrays it. There's some ways we can check our spiritual temper, uh, temperature. And I'm not saying this to condemn anybody. I learned this by experience. My object here is not to condemn anyone, any Christian and make myself seem more holier than thou, because I am not. I struggle, and I struggle every day to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray by the mercies of God that I'll do this better and better every day, that I will know the truth, that I'll be aware of Satan's wiles and his tactics, that I'll apply my understanding based upon the truth of the Word of God and not as the world teaches. I want you to understand also that the truth does have, or the world does have some truth, because all truth comes from God. And this is where it takes spiritual discernment in order to sort those things out. If we're in question about some of this stuff that comes through the world, is that's why the word we have the Word of God. We can go to the Word of God, just as I did on abortion issue last week or two weeks ago. We can sort these things out. What is the truth? So when we got saved, God put us in a brand new realm. 
the spiritual realm, to think of things spiritually. And that's why Paul says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's the earthly realm. But we wrestle against those powers that are unseen and unknown. And only by the word of God can we know these. The world doesn't accept that. Our eyes have been opened, the scriptures say. We are look at the things the way that Jesus Christ looks at things. We were dead spiritually, Ephesians chapter 2, not minding the things of God. I know that I didn't before I was a Christian. I have no thought process about God because I was dead spiritually. We're aliens to God's word. We walked according to Satan. We walked according to the course of the world. But God, like I said, is merciful and loving. And he came to me one day in October of 1973 and saved my soul and opened my eyes that I may see glimpses of truth that thou hast for me. So there's two opposing realms, the earthly realm and the spiritual realm. And we must look to know what's going on and what's behind everything is the spiritual realm. So the battle is there. The battle is in the spiritual realm. I'm looking at my notes here for I talked about taking the spiritual temperature. Let me just uh, say a few things. And let's just take our temperature here. Now, with that in mind, remember, I said, I, was, I am not perfect, and I learned some of these by my own life. And pray to God that I don't repeat these. First of all, we talked about having our own worldview, and a lot of times that was ingrained in us from our nurture, from our parents. We may have had parents that weren't loving and kind, and so we may have had a father like that, and so we have this worldview that fathers aren't what they, you know, they're mean, they're cranky, they're ornery, they're unloving, whatever the case may be. It's a defective view. And that leads to the view of God. So we may look at God as demanding that he's a little defective, he's demanding, he's harsh, he punishes all the time. And sad to say, there's some Christians that portray God that way. He's all judgment, which is not true. And we may have had a worldview that uh, I had a good friend that I grew up with that he would always shoplift. He would always do uh, steal things. And his mother's response was that she would laugh at it at times and let him get away with it. So eventually he came robbing too many people and somebody killed him. So that's what a defective worldview, and sometimes our parents teach us those things. That's what the effective worldview can lead to in the extreme. And God wants to reach down and change that in mankind. God doesn't keep things from us because he's mean. That's what a lot of people think. I just had a response from my podcast on email 
that ask, uh, how do you know the devil didn't write the Bible? That's a defective worldview, in my estimation. And I just happened to talk about the passage where Jesus said, a house divided cannot stand. So Satan wouldn't portray himself as evil and going to the lake of fire if he wrote the Bible. The only sensible, he had a defective worldview. God wants to pull that out of us. He wants to teach us the truth. He wants to teach us the right way. You know, we think about my friend I was just talking about and how he did these uh, shoplifting and stealing and his mother just laughed at him. So what he put in his mind is that, oh, it's just a little sin, just a little thing, I got away with it. And so, but God says, the truth is that sin is what sent his son to the cross. And that's the little thing, what we think is little, and they're not really in the spiritual view of it. They're not little. All sin is sent Jesus Christ to die for that, to die for our sins. So, Let's take our spiritual temperature and we'll, we'll end this broadcast with our spiritual temperature. Let's ask some questions and see how we are spiritually. Let's be honest with ourselves here. I ask you to be honest. Okay, let's take our... Are we living in the spiritual realm? Okay, here's the first question. Do we have a hunger to know God and His Son, Jesus Christ? Because we're going to talk about this. This is what Romans, not Romans, excuse me, Ephesians chapter 1 is going to talk about. And this is what Paul is going to pray for, for the Ephesian believers, before they even get on their spiritual armor. So, do you have a hunger to know God and His Son, Jesus Christ? You know, Jesus said in Matthew 5, 6, He said, Blessed! Okay, so, you want to be happy? That's what blessed really means. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. There's a promise with a fulfillment. So, do you have a hunger to know God and His Son, Jesus Christ? Number two, do you, do you think about Christ and spiritual things throughout the day? Or are you all bogged down with the world situation? Number three, do you feel bad when you sin? And don't make excuses for it. Do you feel bad when you sin? If there's no conviction in your soul and in your conscience when you sin, you better check about your salvation. You can't go to church. You can't go to a confession and then go out and do the same things over and over. There's guilty conscience. Do you feel bad when you're sinning? Don't make excuses for it. Are you always wanting notice for what you do for Christ? Ooh, there's some hidden ones right there. That's called pride. So are we thinking spiritually? Are we on the spiritual side? Are we in the spiritual realm? Are you always wanting notice for what you do, like I said, for Christ? Do we have a humble spirit? Those two really go together. 
Do you put others before you? It's difficult, I admit. Remember, pride was the condemnation of the devil. We don't want to be on that same level. Do you show mercy and grace to those who have wronged you? Jesus demanded that. Even your enemies in this earthly life, do you show them mercy and grace? Do you gossip about them instead of helping them? These are penetrating questions. Or do you get even? I always used to like to say before as a Christian, I don't get even, I like to get one up. And that's the attitude of a lot of people today as they get one up. So do you show mercy and grace to those who have wronged you, even your enemies? Are, you, are we concerned about our witness before others? Are we concerned about the souls of men and women who do not know the Savior? Are we making some effort to reach them? It doesn't take much, my friends, my brothers and sisters, to pass out a little track and tell somebody how to be saved with that track. You can leave them any place you want to. And God has promised that his word will not return void, will accomplish that which he intended it to do. You feel a little shy, you feel like you don't know enough, well, anybody can pass out a track of salvation. Put it in a book. I heard a testimony just this Sunday of a guy who was saved by reading one on the toilet, in the bathroom. So you don't know what that little track's gonna do. I'm expecting, I suppose that's the most that I've ever done, is passing out tracks. I'm expecting to, when I get to heaven, people come up to me and they're going to rush up to me, shake my hand because I passed out a track. And they receive Christ as their Savior because of that. Looking forward to that. Do we wake up in the morning seeking God's will for our day? Asking God to lead us. God, what do you want me to do today? Some of us are afraid of that. We don't have to be. So that's a sign of our spirituality. Are we really living in the spiritual realm? Is your desire for God's word, is it in your heart? You know, David says, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Now, all these things we're talking about has to do with our spiritual battle, our spiritual warfare. So, we have to take these things to heart. You know, the good test of our maturity in Christ, that we're becoming more and more spiritually minded, is 1 Corinthians 13, which is called the love chapter. Read through that, meditate on it. I want to read a proverb, and I'm going to end with this, and it's found in Proverbs chapter 2. So these are a few of the little things that we can uh, check on to take our spiritual temperature. Some of them may hit close to home, but they're the truth, and that's what we're concerned about. This one, we're going to end with this. Listen to what um, 
the writer of Proverbs says, and excuse me, I have to get my glasses on here. You just wait. Your time will come about. You can't see, but it says, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge and lifts up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hidden treasure. Watch, that's, you know, what he's saying is, if, 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 it's conditional. We have to do it. We have to do it. We have to have that desire in our heart. Pray that God will give us this. Then, the writer says, shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and shall find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. There's a thing about not regarding iniquity in our hearts. He keeps the paths of judgment and preserves the, preserves the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. When wisdom enters into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee to deliver thee from the way of evil men, from the man that speaks forward things, who lead the paths of unrighteousness to walk in the ways of darkness. I hope this lesson has found you in the enjoyment of the Lord. I hope this message is causing you to seek God more fully. And by doing so, that you're putting on that armor of God that he has provided for all believers. Thank you. See you next week.